Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want a plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Retire Right with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. Today we're going to be talking about IRAs and really kind of focusing on Larry's top five planning strategy tips with IRAs. Good afternoon, Larry. How are you? I'm doing terrific. How are you, Eric? Doing fine. All right. We are diving into IRAs and uh, these are your top five tips. Is that what we're going to call it? Yeah, we can call it, we can call it that or strategies that you should be aware of probably. All right. Sounds good. So let's go through them. Do we want to just list all five and then dive deep, or are we going to take them one at a time? Yeah, well, we'll take them one at a time. But I think before we even get in, before we even get into the uh, into the tips, let's cover some basics. All right, so sounds everyone, good. If so everyone knows what we're kind of talking about, so let's just start with you know with the difference between a regular IRA and a Roth IRA. So an IRA is a tax deductible retirement contribution um, that you put away and it grows tax deferred for you. But when then you go to withdraw money, then you have to pay taxes. A Roth IRA is an after-tax contribution, which will grow tax deferred. But now when you withdraw, you don't pay any taxes. So in essence, that's a tax-free accumulation and withdrawal. Got it. So sometimes people want to know, you know, which should you, you, you choose? And well, if you're in a low tax bracket now and expect to be in a high tax bracket later, you're better off with a Roth. But if you're in a high tax bracket now and ex possibly be in a lower tax bracket later, which is then you do a regular IRA. So th those are just some of the differences in, in a Roth and a uh, regular IRA. Is one better than the other? Well, it depends. You know, it depends. Depends what tax bracket you're, you know, you're in. Um, so the, you know, the Roth is very nice because when you you don't have to take out minimum distributions at seventy and a half. Oh, that's nice. But the the money that you put in was after tax. You had less tax, less money to put, you know, put in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's why, and you know, it's a good time. It's tax season now to be thinking about which one is, you know, is right for you, or and which one is maybe right for your children. So, because uh, it could be different, um, and, and that goes with your four hundred one k's as well. Mm -hmm. But let, let's get back to, uh, you know, to IRA. So the limits, people, you know, want to know, you know, how much can I put away into an IRA and a Roth, and it's not a lot. In 2018, you can put $5,500 away, um, and if you're over 60, over 50, you were to put away 6,500. And now that's increasing to 6,000 in before 50 and 7,000 after 50 in 2019. Okay. However, if you are eligible to participate in a company 401k plan. Uh, your IRA, the ability to contribute to an IRA starts to phase out. So if you're single at 64,000, if, if you're married at 74,000, and it goes to 103 single, 123 married. So there comes a point where if you're making too much money, you can't even do an IRA. And the same thing for a Roth IRA, there are different phase outs. So if you're not eligible for a 401k plan at work, then you don't have to worry about it and you can contribute to a uh, to an IRA. 
Got it. You know, so that is some of the, you know, some of the, ba- you know, some of the basics. Okay. Some of the other factors to be, you know, to be aware of uh, basics is, you know, if you want to roll over your money from one IRA to another, you should do it trustee to trustee from one institution to the other. Um, if now, if not, you're still able to take a check, and as long as you roll it over within 60 days, um, it's fine. However, you're only allowed one calendar year rollover per person. Before mm. you was per IRA, now it's per person. So, and that's this is really important, um, and it works for 401k. We we, we just spoke with a, a accountant, um, and unfortunately, his client had broken up with his partner and his partner just decided to distribute the money from their 401k and have a check sent to the client. And one day the client gets a check in the uh, check in the mail and doesn't even realize it. And the 60 days pass. Mm. So now he's kind of stuck and um, he's looking for the IRS for some, you know, some relief. He didn't cash the check. So the accountant is having them reissue the check. So there is, you know, there is. You want to be very careful about, you know, about those rules. Yeah, it sounds like it could create quite a mess. Absolutely. And another thing you should be aware of, you know, what happens upon death. You know, one of the things that we see, one of my pet peeves, is when I see, you know, clients that come in with with wills and they have these beneficiaries set up and the the attorneys have done them beautifully, and then I look at the IRA and I say, you realize that the money in the IRA will not go via your wishes in the will. They're like, what are you talking about? That my attorney did this in the wills. So it would go for my wishes. And I'm like, except a IRA is this qualified account and it goes by what the beneficiaries are in there and not by what's in the will. And we've had numerous times whereby the they don't match and they're not in the, the same understanding. Mm. So it's very important that you check the beneficiaries of you know of your IRAs and make sure they're right. Um, and then upon death, you know, usually it will go to your you know the spouse uh, and then the spouse would then create their own IRA or roll or combine it with their own IRA. They're allowed to do that. Any other beneficiary other than a spouse, would need to take out a minimum distribution. So uh, I'm not going to go into the, the details right now, but we're going to talk about some of this in one of my tips later on. All right. In, in that um, passing it to the next generation and how how you can maximize that. Uh, and the, the last thing you know is is when do I need to withdraw from an IRA? So you you need to withdraw when you the year after you turn 70 and a half. So, uh, so that's when you need to start to withdraw from a regular IRA. So, those are some of the, the some of the basics, and we can kind of go right into tip number one, which kind of dovetails on withdrawing when you're seventy when you're seventy and a half. All right, you ready to hear that one, Eric? Absolutely, let's do it. Okay, so uh, tip one: tax planning. Do I wait to age seventy and a half to withdraw money from my IRA? So, most people and almost all accounts say. Don't pay taxes earlier. Let it go to 70 and a half because you're not paying any taxes and it's 70 and a half you take out your minimum distributions. However, that is not always the case and especially now with the new tax law. So let's, for example, say that you retired at 65 Mm -hmm. and you're lucky enough you have enough money to live and you've decided to defer your Social Security to age 70. 
So now between age 65 and age 70, you have some investment income from your assets, but your income is very low. And at age 70 and a half now, we're forced to take money out of their IRAs, and now you're gonna have the Social Security. So your tax bracket at age 70 and a half could be much greater than your tax bracket at 65, 67, 68. I'm calling it kind of the donut hole of taxes in there. Mm -hmm. So it may be better off to take some money out of your IRA and fill up the 12.5% bracket. So that's the first bracket that's listed there. So, well, there's actually a 10% bracket, but there's 12 and a half, the 12% the bracket, which on married goes up to $78,000 and single goes up to 39,000. Mm -hmm. And then the next bracket jumps up to 22%. So if you do some planning, you can now start to take some money out at a 12% bracket instead of possibly a 22, or maybe if your IRA is large enough, a 32 or a 35, it really, you know, really depends. You really want to take a look at this. And then also dovetails sometimes on social security. Some, a lot of people want to take it at full retirement age, but maybe that's not the most tax efficient when you're looking at how much money you have in your, in your qualified accounts. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the more money that you defer in your qualified accounts, the bigger it gets, the higher your dis, your acquired distribution is, is going to be. And if we could keep it down, not only the tax bracket lower, but there's also a Medicare surtax. Um, if you have too much income and, re and retire and have mm. to pay a little bit more, you know, Medicare. So another way of, you know, making sure when you're later, if you can keep that down. So that's tax planning. Tip number one, don't always wait until you're 70 and a half. But of course, you want to discuss this with your financial advisor and your accountant before you make any decisions. Yeah. All right. Tip number two, where are we going? Tip number two. Okay. We talked about this a little bit when I alluded to uh, your non-spouse beneficiaries. You know, so looking at beneficiaries is, you know, is really something that we do because we've heard a lot of, we've seen a lot of different stories and a lot of people don't pay enough attention to these, you know, beneficiaries. Uh, I've actually seen missing beneficiaries, missing children, ex-spouses, you know, they changed some of the laws on that, but ex-spouses still named in, in, in beneficiaries. So, uh, you know, a, a couple of things here and literally the last two weeks, two stories that I can that I can relay and making sure that you name the beneficiaries properly. OK, mm. before I get into the story, why do you want to name the right beneficiaries? So when I mentioned before, if you when you pass away, if you leave your spouse the benefit the money, it goes to the spouse and the rules then are based upon your spouse's age. But if you leave it to a non-spouse, remember I said you have to take out minimum distributions at 70 and a half, mm -hmm. but now let's say you pass away and your spouse had passed away and you end up giving it to your 30-year-old child. Well, now he takes it out based upon his life expectancy. So now he takes a small, he or she would take a small amount of money out during their life expectancy, and the rest of it continues to grow tax-deferred. We're stretching these IRAs instead of taking it out over a shorter period of time. What does that do? Well, if we take out smaller amounts, 
means keeps your taxes tax bracket lower, but it also gives you years and years of tax deferred planning. And we're gonna talk a little bit more in tip number three and how you really can really make this work. But let me go back to these two, these two stories. So um, first client calls me and unfortunately their, their father had passed away and we weren't involved with the, you know, with the father. Um, and there was an IRA of half a million dollars and there were seven, gonna be seven beneficiaries, wow. but the father decided to name the beneficiary a revocable trust. So for whatever reason, you know, he said, oh, just do a revocable trust, they'll deal with it later. None of the advisors, you know, really, um, they might've talked to him, but they didn't really explain the issues with that. Mm -hmm. And now the father has passed away. And because it was a revocable trust, you can't look through to the beneficiaries and stretch it based upon the beneficiary's age. You have to do it based upon the life expectancy of the father who died, which was 93 years old. Um, plus the trust now is gonna exist. The trustee now has got to deal with this for the next few years. Instead of if they either had the beneficiaries named individually, or if they used an irrevocable trust, they could have looked through to all the beneficiaries and now stretched this um, you know, amongst each one of the beneficiaries. So the life expectancy of a 50-year-old is a lot lower than the life expectancy of a 93-year-old, mm -hmm. which means they have to take more money out, pay more taxes, and more importantly, they don't get the benefit of investing this tax-deferred for years and years and years. Wow. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. So I just want to recap so I'm clear. Let's say that the life expectancy is until 90 years old and you have somebody who's 60 that passes away. So they would have had 30 years. Or, well, I guess we have to hit that 70 and a half number, but they would have to withdraw for 30 years where their 30 year old, it would, the money would be split up over 60 years using that same date of death. Yeah, it's not exactly that. There, There's a formula. There's, mm -hmm. the, there's a chart. So even if you're so if you're just looking at my handy chart here, you know, at 90, um, if you're still alive or if it's a, if it's a life expectancy, it would be a, a divided by 11.4. Okay. You know, if you're 60, it could be in the, you know, like 58. I'm not sure exactly the, the number. Um, and then you take the 58 and you subtract one each year. So it's not exactly 60 years there's a it's it. a formula um, and a calculation but it's basically you know it's based upon the life expectancy of a 60 year old and the life expectancy of a 90 year old yeah that makes a lot of sense i mean that, that would be a huge difference in what they have to pull out for sure absolutely absolutely all right uh, so let's talk about story number two because this is another fun and interesting you know story again client calls me his wife's father passed away. Again, we weren't working with this. And now tells me they have $500,000 again, two beneficiaries, and they're about to get a uh, distribution. They're each going to get $250,000 distribution. I'm like, oh. you're going to get $250,000 out of an IRA, each one of you, you know, in you guys' tax brackets, how much that's going to cost you. It could be upwards of $100,000. Yeah. I'm like, what is uh, what is going on here? Well, it turned out that the advisor had done a immediate annuity 
for the client, the, mm. the, the father, who was ill, but wasn't, you know, wasn't terminally ill, and did an immediate annuity, with, which would be monthly payments, and the immediate annuity, the beneficiaries of the immediate annuity were the two children. So, hmm. which three months after this was done, he died. So luckily this story is gonna have a happy ending here is that we were able to go back to the insurance company and say, hey, this was not done, you know, not done properly. None of the money has been distributed and the insurance company is reversing the annuity so like it never happened. Hmm. And now each one of the, the two beneficiaries are gonna be able to get their $250,000 and stretch it out over their over their lifetimes. One of them's even a teacher who in a few years is gonna, you know, gonna retire and be in a much lower bracket. So this is gonna save them hundreds of thousands of dollars and all because this could have been averted or luckily was averted, but not making sure that the beneficiaries are set up properly in an IRA. And there are numerous stories like this out there. Yeah, and that's that's why it's so important to find somebody that actually knows what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, that's that's oh, that's terrible. That I mean, they could have absolutely taken a huge hit and uh, it was a crisis averted. So, good job, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that story. <laughs> <laughs> that one was good. Only three months later, if it would have been longer than that, I don't think they would have been able to reverse that. Yeah, so that uh, one, that one, uh, although we haven't received the the, the rollover yet, that one looks like it's going to have a happy ending. Yeah, that's great. All right, what is tip number three? So tip number three, doing a Roth conversion, okay? And, and this gets really interesting too. So, um, so in years that you have a low income or no income, and we talked about the 65-year-old that's retired, but even if you're, you know, let's say you're in the commission business and one year you have a bad year or if you were laid off that year and you weren't working. So any year that you have a low income, we can look to taking your money out of your IRA and rolling it over to a Roth. Now, there are some rules if you're younger than 59 and a half that we have to be you know, concerned of. But if you then, if you roll it into a, uh, to a, a Roth, you pay taxes. Mm -hmm. So, but let's just take, you know, take the example of somebody who's 60 years old and decides, you know what, I'm gonna roll some money over but I'm in a low tax bracket this year. So I'm only in a 12% tax bracket. Well, I know when I'm 70, I'm gonna be in a 30% tax bracket. Mm -hmm. So they take the money, they pay the taxes, they put it into a Roth, and now, 20 years later, that Roth has, let's say, uh, doubled more, uh, twice. So let's just say they did 20,000, they got 7.2% return on their money by being in a, a fairly aggressive portfolio. And from 60 to 70, it went from 40, and from 70 to 80, it went to 80,000. So now they have an $80,000 asset that they could take out tax-free for them and not have to pay any taxes. Um, however, you know, let, let's, you know, talk about w one more thing and now it's stretching it. So now they decide, you know what? I don't need this 80,000. I got enough money for my other accounts. I'm 80 years old. I'm not going to need that. And I'm going to make this beneficiary my 21 year old grandchild. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So now, two years later, he passes away. The 80000 goes tax-free to a 21-year-old. However, the 21-year-old now has to take out minimum distributions. Now, Eric, is that taxable? Shouldn't be. Right, because it was a Roth. Yep. But now, since he's 21, guess what he gets to do? He gets to leave it in the Roth, except for the minimum distributions, and let that grow over his life expectancy, over 70 years, only taking out small amounts each year. Well, you can imagine what 80,000 tax-free is gonna be able to grow for you over 70 years. You know, we've had some situation where we've actually created millions of dollars to the uh, next generation or the the children, the grandchild's generation, depending upon their ages, mm -hmm. by using some of these elections. So uh, it's a great way, it's a great tip of, of stretching, of converting it into tax-free and taking advantage of some of the lower tax brackets that we're currently now. And one thing I forgot to mention, another advantage of doing this now, you know, is the tax law is gonna sunset and go back to the old rules if it's not extended, which means they could be in higher brackets later on. Mm. So it's another reason why you know doing these Roth conversions at this particular time can be you know can be a great way you know great way of doing this. So you got to be careful a little bit if you're younger than 59 and a half and you do these Roth conversions. There is a five year waiting period that starts you know every time you do a conversion um, you have to wait five years otherwise it'd be a 10 percent you know 10 percent penalty you have to wait five years for what larry to withdraw from the roth so if you Got convert it. this over before you're 59 and a half and you want to you want to use the you know use the money um there'd be a 10 percent you know 10 percent penalty or you have to wait five years so if you if you do the rollover at 60 you could access the money immediately yeah if you do it yes. at 59 you've got to wait till you're 64. Well, yes, without the penalty. Gotcha, yep. One like little tip within the other tip, I didn't do this as a separate tip, but if you're contributing to Ross each year, okay? Mm -hmm. So this is kind of interesting. So you open up a, you decide to open up a Roth at 50, year, you know, 50 years old and you, mm -hmm. you put a dollar in because you can't afford anything else for whatever, you know, reason. But then four years later, you decide, okay, I can put the whole $6,500 in. Well, now, because this is a, a regular contribution, you don't have to wait five years. So it depends, you know, the, you know, on that, you don't have to wait five years. Gotcha. A little bit of a, a, a difference. All right. All right. What is, what's the next tip? Okay. So, you know, we've talked about the benefits of long-term, you know, growth, tax-free and tax-deferred. So once your children start to work or your grandchildren start to work, if they make some money, so if they make $5,000, anywhere up to $5,000, you could do a Roth for them. So it's a great thing, great thing to do for mm -hmm. young children that, that, you know, that are, that are working. And, and we got some people that get kind of creative with really young children and their jobs that they're actually doing. So you want to be a little careful, but if they're really doing a job and you're paying them for that job, you could do a Roth for them. Nice. So think about it, you know, a 12 year old or a 13 year old and be able to put some money away for them and let that money grow tax-free for years and years and years, it's a great thing to do for a child or for a grandchild. Nice. All right, tip number five. 
Tip number five, backdoor Roths. Uh, we thought this would kind of go away, and we, uh, you know, in the in the recent tax law of 2018. So we were always kind of quiet about this, mm-hmm. and we weren't really sure on some of the rules on this, and and that it did work, and what what it worked. So I'll explain how we do it. And since they were they were kind of silent to this, it's kind of been, you know acceptable now. So the backdoor Roth, what way it works is you decide to contribute to a non-deductible IRA. So therefore, let's say you, you did work for a company, they had a 401k plan. So although it's not deductible, you're still allowed to contribute to a IRA. So let's just take, let's say you're over 50 and you take 6,500 and you put it in a non-deductible IRA. Okay. Then you turn around, and here's one a little caveat. Some people say you need to wait a year. Some people say you only have to wait a day. Some people say it's gotta be 30 days. But you then turn around and you convert that non-deductible IRA into a Roth. Well, since it was a non-deductible IRA, there was you didn't pay any taxes going in, so you're not paying any taxes going out, but now you've put it into a Roth. And now that Roth gets to grow tax-free for you know for years and years. So if you're eligible to do 6,500 a year, which is the max, and you keep doing it, it will grow. One of the caveats, one of the things you have to be a little bit careful of in these backdoor Roths is if you have other IRAs, you really don't want to do this because part of those IRAs are going to be considered a distribution. They get aggregated together. Mm. So for for people that have IRAs, we don't do this strategy. Um, it's only it's only for individuals that don't have IRAs. And again, it adds up. It goes into a Roth that you could use during your lifetime, or you could give to your children, your grandchildren. Uh, again, these you know all these tips could be substantial money saving amounts over the years. Nice. That is fantastic. I mean, there's a huge amount of strategies here uh, and and a lot of rules, right? I mean, that's the bottom line. Uh, a lot of rules to be aware of and to make sure that you are cognizant of and following. Uh, so I would say they need to call you, Larry, because the stuff that you covered is fantastic, but you don't want to get in trouble with the IRS and you don't want to do things incorrectly or, or have somebody else do them incorrectly. Um, so what number should they be calling to get a hold of you if they're interested in talking about any of these tips? Yeah, they should call us on uh, 631-293-2806 or, you know, they can reach us, you know, through the website, Hello Wealth Management. And like Eric said, this is this is very specialized, a lot of rules. Most accounts don't do these planning for you. They're just doing your taxes out there. So they're not trying to, to, to do the planning out there. So, uh, so you, you've got to know these rules or make sure that the advisor that you're working with knows them or better yet, call us. Yeah. And, and the last thing I would say is anybody listening to this podcast that is interested in working with Larry, give him a call, but all the current clients, Larry's current clients, this is for you. Those two stories were very important because Larry said something very poignant. Their parents weren't working with them. They were clients of Larry's and they brought the situation up because the the parents had worked with somebody else. It may be time to examine 
who your parents are working with, if they're as skilled and as good as what Larry has been doing for you, I would check that out and have that conversation with Larry. Just say, hey, look, here's the deal. That's who my parents are working with. I have some concerns. Can we, you know, can we have them in just for a visit? I know Larry would be happy to do that for you. So Larry, any closing thoughts today? Yeah. Or if you even have a question, we'll be happy to answer a question for any of our clients, uh, you know, parents or, or our children, more than happy to do that. Exactly. No, it's tax time, Eric. So it's a great time to be thinking about Ross and to be thinking about um, IRAs and to be thinking about some of these strategies that you yep. can uh, that you can implement. Yeah, and keeping more of your money instead of your uncle getting it. So I, I everybody appreciates that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Larry, for your time today. You got it, Eric. All right. And thank you all for listening to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.